Hello everyone and welcome to episode 31 of the Unlocking British English podcast. My name is Shane and in today's episode I'm going to tell you guys five things that you might not know about the UK. So before we get into the episode, as always, just a quick reminder, if you'd like to download the transcript for today's episode, you can do that on the website for free right now, www.unlockingbritishenglish.com. And I just want to say a massive thank you to all of you that are listening. Um, it's really cool to see the podcast growing every day, to see it uh, growing in different countries all over the world. And yeah, so just thank you very much to everyone that's listening. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Uh, yeah, if you have any comments about the podcast, as always, you can let me know. Contact me on Instagram uh, or through the website. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much. It's appreciated. So today we're going to talk about five things, five random things that you just might not have known uh, about the UK. Um, and so, yeah, let's get started. So the first thing that you might not know about the UK uh, is that French was actually the official language in the UK for 300 years. Now, this was a long time ago, so this was from 1066 until 1362, so a very long time ago, uh, but it was true. French was the official language for over, well, for 300 years, a little bit less than 300 years, technically. Um, now, this doesn't ne uh, mean that everyone in the country was speaking French, but it was the official language here, and it was the language of, of the kings and the queens, of the noble elite, so to speak. Uh, and so this was because uh, in 1066, the Normans and the French uh, defeated uh, the King of England, King Harold II of England, uh, in October of 1066 at the Battle of Hastings, which is a very famous battle in, in British history. Uh, and so, yeah, after after the Normans and the French defeated the, the English uh, in the Battle of Hastings, they kind of brought together all of their followers, they consolidated all of their power and control uh, in England, uh, introduced a different a few different changes in the government and society in general uh, and one of those things was the introduction of, of French or Norman French, the version of French that they had at that time uh, as the language of, like I say, the noble elite, so the government, the uh, the courts and the kings and queens and things. So yeah, uh, most people generally don't associate French with being an official language of England. Of course, it's not anymore. Uh, and like I say, just because it was the official language doesn't mean everyone was speaking it. But there's uh, a lot of reason to think that there was a good deal of uh, bilingualism of people speaking both French and English during those times. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the first thing for today. Um, so the second thing uh, that you might not have known about England, or you might know technically when you think about it, but you probably didn't know the specifics and you've probably had no reason ever to think about it, uh, is that the furthest that you can ever be from the sea is 75 kilometres. So 75 kilometres is the maximum distance that you could be away from any part of the coastline. Um, and this was something that I... 
I knew that you were always kind of close because of the shape of the country, right, of the island, um, because it's relatively thin. If you travel east or west, for example, you're going to get somewhere pretty quickly. We have a lot of coastline. Um, but yeah, I didn't know the specifics of this, so I was quite surprised, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when I realized that, yeah, it was only 75 kilometers. So that is uh, not a long distance. And so, yeah, I bet you didn't know that. I'm not sure that you needed to know that, but now you do. So the furthest that you can be uh, in England, the furthest that you can be from the sea at any point is 75 kilometers. So if you're a fan of the sea, if you're a fan of the beach, of the coastline, uh, we have lots of it to offer here in England. Uh, it's not all necessarily very hot and sunny and fancy like you might see in other countries, but it's here. We have a lot of it and you're only ever 75 kilometers away. So yeah, that is the second thing that you might not have known about the UK. So yeah, moving on. Uh, the next is that it is said to be, the UK is said to be the home to the largest library in the world. Um, I guess it's said to be the largest library rather than it just is because I suppose it all kind of changes a lot uh, depending on uh, new things that come in and things like that. Anyway, the British Library in King's Cross in London is said to be uh, the largest library in the world. Um, it's estimated to contain somewhere between 170 and 200 million items. Uh, items because obviously the library stocks lots of different things. So there's about 14 million books uh, but there's all kinds of different things from uh, videos to audio to old documents and they've got manuscripts in there dating back to 2000 BCE. Um, BCE means before common era. Uh, people used to say 2000 BC which would mean before Christ but um, yeah, BCE is the more common way of saying it, before Common Era. Anyway, they've got manuscripts dating back to a very long time ago. Uh, all kinds of dis different uh, interesting stuff, including one of da Vinci's notebooks, uh, which I think is pretty cool. And so, yes, it might be slightly up for debate depending on which day you ask. I don't really know how these things work or how it's um, measured, but it is said that England or the UK is home to the largest library in the world in London. And so, yeah, maybe you did not know that about the UK. And so moving on, number four, you might know, well, you probably definitely know that two plus two equals four, but did you know that the inventor of the equals sign, the symbol that we use to denominate equals when you type it or write it, uh, the inventor of that sign, of that symbol, is from the UK. So it's a guy called uh, Robert Record, Recorde, I don't know how you pronounce his name properly. Um, he was a physician and a mathematician from Wales, studied at the University of Oxford, uh, and he invented the equal sign in one of his mathematical texts in the year 1557. Um, so, well, I must just say, just to be clear, uh, he invented the sign, not the uh, the um, the whole idea, right? The idea of equals, like the two equals to um, that concept has obviously existed for a very long time and was not invented by a guy called Robert in Wales. The sign that we now use that is pretty common around the world was invented by a guy called Robert who lived in Wales. And yeah, it was invented in the year 1557. So um, yeah, 
I didn't know that, so I feel fairly confident most of you probably didn't know. But yeah, that is the fourth thing that you probably did not know about the UK, that someone here invented the equal sign. Again, don't know what you're going to do with that information, but that is what we're talking about on the podcast today. And so the final one, the final one I think is quite interesting because it's something that a lot of people actually get wrong. Well, it's a common misconception, but it is a misconception. And that is that Big Ben is not the name of the clock in London. Okay, so when we think of Big Ben, we see the big tower, the big clock in London. Most of us will have that image in our minds now that I've said Big Ben. But what most people don't realize is that the name Big Ben doesn't actually refer to the clock. It refers to the bell, the bell inside. So as I said, it's a common misconception and most people will use the name Big Ben to refer to the tower in general, the clock. It's kind of, you know, accepted, it's understood or whatever. Um, But the tower itself is not called Big Ben. The clock itself is not called Big Ben. Um, The tower was originally just called the Clock Tower uh, and apparently it was renamed to Elizabeth Tower in 2012. Um, But yes, Big Ben is actually the name of the bell inside, right? The big bell that makes the chime the noise. Um, So the origin of the name is kind of disputed. There's a few different ideas, but I couldn't find anything clear that looked convincing about the reason it's called um, Big Ben. Uh, But one thing we do know is it weighs nearly 14 tons, which is the same as like seven or eight cars, which is a lot. It's a very big bell and it's quite loud. Uh, But yeah, so Big Ben is not actually the name of the clock. It's not the name of the tower. It's the name of the bell inside. So uh, maybe you didn't know that and now you do. Again, not sure if that's particularly useful information, but at least you know what you're talking about next time you talk to someone about Big Ben. So um, yeah, those are five random, very random things that I have uh, picked out today that you might not have known uh, about the UK. So um, hopefully you've guys, uh, hopefully you guys have found that quite interesting or a little bit interesting. Maybe you can look into one or two of those things if you want to. Um, Uh, Certainly, I mentioned uh, when I was talking about French being the official language in the past, I mentioned the Battle of Hastings. Uh, If you're interested in history, if you're interested in English and British history, the Battle of Hastings is a very important part uh, of history, so you can definitely go and look that up. Um, If you're interested in libraries and different information that we have stored in the British Library, you can look that up. They've got their own website. You can find information on Wikipedia. Um, Robert Record or Recorde um, invented the equal sign. I think even if you're a fan of maths, there's probably not a whole lot you can do with that, but I threw it in anyway because I found it kind of interesting. I didn't know that. And it was quite strange to me that, or quite interesting to me, that it was invented in 1557. For some reason, I felt like, well, I, I would have assumed that, that the equals symbol was around for a long time before that, the version that we use now. But anyway, um, yeah, you can look that up. And now you know that when you say you went to see Big Ben, you're talking more about the bell than the actual clock or the tower itself but either way big ben you know we use that to refer to the whole thing is fine Um, but now you know so yeah i hope you guys have found today's episode interesting a little bit shorter one uh for today but yeah i hope you guys have found it interesting thank you as always for listening and i'll look forward to speaking to you again in the next one